the football pod on OTB Sports. Have you ever seen a team like Limerick that are so physically dominant? They're yeah, absolutely oh. financially dominant. <laughs> the football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Everyone ran their socks off tonight and they left everything out there. They're very proud of the, the team's performance. Let the shackles off Katie a bit so that she can go and play her game. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello there and welcome to episode 23 of the Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. I'm Kathleen McNamee and with me as ever is the one and only Vivian Miedema of Kilkenny, Karen Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite intro so far. <laughs> I thought you would enjoy that yeah. one, all right. <laughs> Congratulations on the weekend, got on the score sheet, very nice. Oh, deadly from one yard, maybe even less than a yard, but look, they all count. Bit rage in that Anya stole the limelight by scoring five, but look... She's selfish. <laughs> Breaking news from the Koi Gang pod. Yeah. <laughs> Karen fuming. Her teammate scores five goals. <laughs> and it was a very impressive win and I was quite delighted to see you score. I was like, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'll get more than one this season. I don't tend to get too many, but... Look, it's yeah. a start. The start. Exactly, exactly. And it's all, it's all a bit of fun. It gives me something to mm. talk about in the intro exactly. of the show. It's all for the content. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Don't even think about the title rise. Just do no. it purely for my sake. <laughs> the Koi Gang Pod and OTV Sports is an association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. It's a sad week on the Koi Gang Pod as Emma Carroll has ditched us for her holidays, rudely going to a really. sunnier place. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all right because I have done a team of the week, which is an experience that I now have so much sympathy for Emma that she has to compile this every single week. <laughs> but that will be coming up later, so stay tuned. I can't wait to see Karen judge every decision oh, I've I'll made. be judging. I'm, yeah, I'm much better when it comes to just like making points against what Emma has said, <laughs> yeah. just telling her not to rely on her bench. Um, first, though, we will talk about the weekend's WSL because there was lots of very exciting games. Um, I'm going to start with Chelsea and Tottenham because that was very nearly a disastrous moment for Chelsea. Um, they came out 3-1 winners in the end, went down to 10 because Anne Katrenberger was dismissed after half an hour. And at that stage, they were a goal down. Didn't think they were going to be able to come back in it, but what a performance to get that 3-1 scoreline. Yeah, I mean... Arsenal were surely looking at that with 30 minutes gone, being like, there's points there's points on our way here. Um, but God, they really just turned it up a notch, even with the 10 players. And yeah, Berger, it was it was a definite red card. So I think that was a rush of blood to our head. I think that Williams was firing, going away from goal. Um, bit of a mad one, but they kept creating chances. Kerr had a couple chances. Um, to be fair, uh, I think it's Musovic, I might be butchering her name, that came mm-hmm. on for Chelsea. She had an important couple of touches, kept them in the game. And then their quality again just shone through and that Fleming goal to make it three, like that's a contention for goal of the season. And you talk about big moments and to seal a, a really hard fought victory like that. Um, I think they'll look back on that game possibly as as the one where they knew maybe that this title was theirs. Mm, well, Hayes called it 
that said that the performance ranked up there as one of their best ever, which when you consider some of the opposition Chelsea have played and some of the games they've played in, that is very high praise from her. But she was basically saying it was the way they came back, the way they gathered together. You know, I saw certain performances like Jess Carter, Aaron Cuthbert, the way that they adapted once they did go a player down and it almost... Because they weren't great for that first half hour no. anyways. And it was almost like going the person down and then the goal down shops them into actually into performing life, well. Yeah, panic mode. Because I think they probably would have gone through the motions and eventually got a goal or two anyway. But yeah, it really shocked them into life. And they did have the quality just to overcome them. And yeah, again, like you say, the likes of Kurt Burt's Kerr getting her 27th, I think, of the season. Um, For someone who's so small, she gets a lot of headers. But big moments and I guess Emma comes in for some praise again like it's tough on England again she was taken off she was the sacrificial lamb because of Berger's red card but they all rallied around and they they created enough chances to win it in the end and Spurs again will be disappointed that they're just leaking goals and don't seem to same have that same killer edge that they did at the start of the season this is what I was kind of surprised about because after the match like uh, Skitter and a couple of players and stuff almost didn't seem that disappointed that they had lost out on those they would because it's a perfect opportunity to take a big like win against big scalp, like yeah. yeah even a big draw against them yeah. would have been like pretty impressive you could have derailed their title chances which when you're not actually competing for something yourself really yeah and as, as a exciting. London club yeah. yeah as a London yeah. club you think they'd want to do a bit of damage to one of their neighbours and even just breed a bit more confidence back into the squad but yeah like you say it was just kind of one of those ones they'd expected to lose and then because they did they just accepted it but when you're 1-0 up with an extra player even just park the bus I don't know I think that maybe they just got their their tactics wrong they didn't adapt to Chelsea at all in any way um, they didn't really know how to manage the game um, so that's something that they definitely need to look at if they're to again start competing for those Champions League places next year Yeah definitely and then we briefly mentioned it earlier but Arsenal played later on 3-0 against Everton unsurprising result really I mean Everton has scored once in six games in all competitions. They only had one shot in the entire match, didn't have a single corner. If anything, Arsenal probably should have won it by a few more than just three goals. Yeah, they should. Um, Yeah, I think, and it was late on, I think even when they got that one shot um, by Everton, uh, it was the second minute of added time. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal, they, they dominated. Now in saying that, I think, Two of their goals were probably offside, but also they had one real off for offside that wasn't um, offside. So maybe there's another VAR conversation coming up around that. But um, yeah, Arsenal were good when they needed to be good. Blackstinius um, and Ford were linking up really well on the left. Mead was everywhere when she needed to be. She got her assist to make her top assister of the WSL yeah. of all time, overtaking Karen Kearney, I think it was. So, yeah, 36. She was player of the match, got a goal, got an assist. Um, so she was very, very good. Yeah, again, and much like Spurs, I was kind of surprised at some of the stuff, though, that was coming out of Arsenal after the fact. You look at, like, the season they've had, like, out at the Champions League quarterfinal, lost the FA Cup semi-final, lost the belated FA Cup, 
and Matt Mead was talking about the fact that they're just praying Chelsea slip up. Adeval said it's much more fun to be fighting for the title and if anyone had told us that before the season we would have taken so let's enjoy it and I was like you're you don't you have an easy run-in but Chelsea don't have a particularly hard run-in either. How much are you actually fighting for the title at this stage and would you not be slightly more disappointed getting to the stage that it is all in Chelsea's hands? Yeah, I, I you, you kind of wonder, are they just downplaying it that really they are bullying for this in the background and that they're more aggressively going for these things? Um, it was hard to tell yesterday because it was such an easy match. If they were tested, we could kind of see if they still have that metal in them to to keep going because, um, yeah, like Chelsea still have to play Man United now. Obviously, Man United took a big... Mm-hmm step back in their fight for Champions League but I think they'd still love to set the tone for next season and again like Spurs they all those teams should be looking to be the giant killer at this point um, I hate to bring it back to the WNL but like Galway celebrated beating us in the last game of the season massively even though it led to them getting fifth place but it's what people were talking about and build mm-hmm. them up for this season. And it would give confidence for people going into next season. So I think that teams who are up against the likes of Chelsea should be be looking to do that. No, definitely. And like when you're in the middle of those big moments, it's amazing how much attention it does bring to you and how much people mm. kind of almost don't even look at where you finished in the table. They're just like, oh, they got that big yeah. win against Chelsea or whoever it was. Like that's the thing that sticks in people's mind. And Part of me also feels that with United, they had that nil all draw at Aston Villa, first time Villa have ever taken points off them, that if anything, that's going to set them up to be a bit more fiery against Chelsea on the last day of the season. Because- yeah, and like even Villa, that them taking the points this weekend, that was the standout like result to me. Um, so like mm-hmm. that's the one I was more interested in looking at the highlights and seeing what the hell happened in that game. So like teams should be wanting to do that. Um, I hope Man United bounce back. I'd love to see them fight for it right to the last day of the season because again, you don't know what could happen between now and then. Um, Man United actually didn't play badly. That was the thing. No, they, they just had like 18 finish. shots. <laughs> it was insane. 18 shots. I think they had six on target. Like they created so many chances they missed some absolute sitters so they'll be really kicking themselves it was almost like revisiting the start of the season where they they were playing well but maybe weren't they hit any goals as the likes of the top teams like your Chelsea and Arsenal they were putting big scores up whereas Man United were stumbling over the line in a couple of games and they just couldn't seem to do it against Villa um, but big credit to Villa as well I mean that's a big point for them they're a team that's not really playing for Antononi Pride at the moment, but they're showing it, which is what you want to see from all your teams. And I think Spurs could take a leaf out of their book, possibly. Definitely. And also you look at the people who put in the big performances, like for me, it was players like Anita Asante, Rachel Corsi, who are, you know, veteran players. They're not young, up-and-coming players who are trying to necessarily Mm. prove a point to a bigger team. Also, Sean Rogers and goal, who obviously Hannah Hampton is normally in there. It's her first league start in 596 days. She pulled off some really good saves. She was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. She was so, so good. Um, and they were throwing their bodies on the line like it, it really meant something to them to to get that point. And you could see it on social media as well. They were absolutely buzzing after the game. And um, it's it's nice to see that at this point of the season because it would be easy to coast to the end of the season. And kind of looking at Brighton, I kind of feel like they're they've they're kind of just 
get me to the end of the season. They're giving me Man United in the men's game vibes, just kind of like <laughs> get this over and done with, <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> That's a very good example, <laughs> especially after the weekend results, which we won't bring up because no, I know no, it'll just make you sad. But uh, anyone who is watching this on YouTube will see the massive smile on my face. Um, yeah. You mentioned there about the Brighton game. I think... A very interesting game, especially from the Irish perspective, 3-1 to Birmingham. I get only their second win of the season. It's it's kind of interesting what they're doing at the moment in the sense that it, all hope does seem lost and it kind of does still seem lost, but like Birmingham haven't given up. They are still pushing for those wins and kind of yeah. showing that they do want to try and stay up. They are, but it's almost like that thing where you know it's too late and you have nothing to lose. So maybe they're playing with a little bit less fear. Now they had to defend again for long periods of time and they they obviously made a lot of um a lot from set pieces. But <clears throat> yeah, I just wonder is it that oh there is no hope. So let's take the shackles off and you just wish they'd maybe done it a bit earlier in the season. Now they had a lot to contend with managerial changes the whole lot and obviously they don't have the same squad as as some of the teams around them. But Brighton have to have a look at themselves as well. I mean, that first goal, they gave the ball away sloppily in midfield and Sarri walked past about six players. No one really put in a tackle in of any significance. Um, and that kind of set them up. And, and Sarri is one of those players who is really, really exciting to watch. And you'd wonder if Birmingham would keep hold of her because if I was one of those teams who was around your West Ham's, maybe your Brighton's even, I'd be looking at a pair like her because she was so bright and so aggressive in all of her play. Yeah, no, definitely. I really enjoyed that. And again, a player that we haven't, I feel we haven't been able to actually see the best of this season because of who she plays for and the sort because of Because they're defending. <laughs> Majority of the time, they don't have the yeah. ball, but when she does get on the ball, she she can create. She is very, very exciting. And she creates, she put one on the head for our, Louis, our Louise Quinn. She was a double goal scorer. So she's she's up there, <laughs> probably their top goal scorer this season, is she? I think, I think she actually is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least she definitely was at some stage in the season. So. Yeah. Um, and it's actually I find quite funny about this if Birmingham do go down obviously we saw Liverpool crown champions of the championship so mm. it almost feels like we're doing a bit of a swap when it yeah, comes we, to Yeah we'll still right have now. our Irish bias opportunities hopefully Yeah it was very nice seeing the Irish contingent yeah, it was, it was the trophy and we hope that will come a lot more um, Big win for Manchester City against Leicester 4-0 kind of to be expected with the form that Leicester in at the last while. I think they've conceded yeah. like 32 goals in the last six games, which is yeah, not they, great numbers. No, again, they're a team that's lucky that they hit form at the time that they did um, because their form lately has been um, very poor defensively. They're leaking goals, but also City are purring. I mean, they're scoring, they're putting up big scores in all of their games. So yeah, it was to be expected. Back to front, Greenwood, Hemp, kind of can't say enough about them. They're they're really, really playing so well. Um and I think now we're we're pipping them for that Champions League spot. No, definitely. Even when you look at their running, I think they have Brighton, Birmingham and Reading. Reading have proved to be a little bit of a slippy one for some people. But they're kind of an unknown quantity. You don't really know what you're yeah. going to get with Reading from one day to the next <laughs> Exactly. Well, 2-1 loss to West Ham this weekend. Um, yeah, West Ham were good. I actually have mm-hmm. to say I, I enjoyed how West Ham played. Um, they seem to be going for it a bit more and they 
caused City some problems the week before. So um, I think if they could add a couple more players to their squad, they could see them up ahead of the like. They I think they overtook maybe Brighton or their their team that could improve. I think um, they're on the up. So looking forward to see what they do. And obviously adding Jess Sue to their squad will be an exciting exactly. one for us to follow. Very exciting. Our guest on the podcast later on. Great conversation with her coming yeah. up, which we can't wait for. Kai's like, I got the promo in. Look mm-hmm. at me go. <laughs> <laughs> You're still prep. filling in from your hosting duties yes. for the last couple of months. <laughs> Well, if anyone listening to the podcast has any thoughts on the WSL race, uh, do you agree with us with the player teams like Spurs? Are they falling behind in a way they shouldn't be? Should Arsenal be going for things a bit more? Do let us know. You can get onto us at Off the Ball on Twitter, hashtag OTB Gig. All right. In the absence of Emma, I have done this week's WSL team of the week. Now, when Catherine, our lovely producer, texted me on Friday to see if I was interested <laughs> in taking on this task, I, I was quite <laughs> worried, but I've given it my best go. And hopefully, I would have blocked her not. number if she'd asked me. So, <laughs> wasn't she asked you? <laughs> uh, yeah, she got me at a weak moment, I have to say. Um, but I will give you the team of the week, and then you can tell me your thoughts, queries, comments, and opinions on the whole thing. So, we have Ramsey and Gold, and we have Carl. Carter, Quinn, Greenwood, uh, Hasegawa. Then we have Rayshon, Weir and Cuthbert in our midfield, Hemp and Mead and then Sari up front. I tried to keep it a little bit interesting and also get the Irish inclusion in there because... Well, to be fair, I don't think you could argue with Irish bias this week given that Birmingham got a big win. Um, Louise Quinn popping up with the, the two goals that essentially won the game for them um, and they only conceded one which they haven't been doing lately so big shout out to Louise we're delighted um, to see that and you know, look it's one of those ones you never know if she keeps scoring two goals a game from now till the end of the season what could happen but um, yeah delighted for Louise to get on the score sheet Um also, just yeah. very classic of her to kind of just appear when Birmingham needs some goals. And I know, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Louise Quinn and I had her coming in. <laughs> it's so funny. I think they said on the commentary that they're all patting her head and they were like, it's like the most famous bounce in the league or something like that. So <laughs> it is, it is. She, she used it to great effect. Now she got one with her feet as well, so... She, she has it all. She put her up top. Those, <laughs> those times when she's been chucked up top in the last few minutes for Ireland, which absolutely wrecks my head. Maybe I, maybe I had it wrong. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I was tempted to do one of Emma's like strange configurations and just put Louise. Just Quinn put her up top. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think now you could really take away from who you've picked up top there today. Um, Sari was brilliant for for Birmingham. So bright, um, scored a great goal. Terrible defending, but she took it so well. Um, mm-hmm. And when she's confident, she she looks like she could fit into any team. Um, similarly, Beth Mead definitely played a match in in the Arsenal game. And Hemp, if we could have her, I'd have her in every week. Just what an impact she's had for them for City. She kind of kept them in that race um, earlier in the season and now she's hammering in the goals that are they're going to get them that Champions League place as well. So um, definitely agree with all that. Mm, goalkeeper is the only one possibly because I would look at Rogers, who, like you mm-hmm. said, she, she hasn't played. And yeah. Man, like I said, Man United were good. They had chances and there was, they were hitting bars and she was getting fingertips onto things like six shots on target and to man her defense in the way that she did. And they were 
bodies on the line that comes from your keeper behind you putting you in the right places and things like that so I think she's worth a shout Ramsey obviously was was good as well but I think just having come from nowhere I think I would pip Raj for that one yeah, no, that is very fair. I goalkeeper was actually one of the positions I found the hardest to settle I think on. Emma, f- I, Emma finds that a lot as well, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, the one we kind of hammer on a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, because I think like there are quite a few good options, and you know, yeah. I was even thinking of Chelsea. Like, what's which coming on? I thought she did really well considering the conditions that she it really did. Came yeah. on with as you say, Rogers. There was. I think I was kind of torn on her because it was a once-off appear. Like, yeah, it's it a, a sentimental vote, months. maybe. Yeah, it yeah. did feel a tiny bit like a sentimental vote in my head. But then I, I'm all about. I, I mean, I'll use the classic Evan excuse. She was on my bench. Okay, she was on the bench. I'll allow it. I'll allow if Ramsey got herself sent off, she would have been the keeper that came on. Fair, fair. Alan Chelsea. Um, uh, the only other person then I see, I understand you wanting to get more midfielders into the team. Maybe I just thought Asante was, was brilliant mm-hmm. as well. Um, for them, just, I think there was one block she did that was a surefire goal and she just threw herself in front of it. So she'd be worth a shout, but, um, can't really argue with in midfield Pasigawa's goal for West Ham. I mean, was lovely. So lovely. The first touch, the way she took it past the player and the finish. And um, it was nice to see her definitely getting um, on the score sheet because she does have so much quality. Um, She's a joy to watch when she's on the ball. Another West Ham player who I've been impressed in recent weeks, not enough maybe to knock Cuthbert or Mead off the team, but I think Evans has been very bright for West Ham as well. Um, Obviously she's on loan. I'd imagine they, would you think they'd try and make that permanent next year? Possibly. I think it could depend on a lot of different, but she has mm. kind of proven and I don't know where her place would be if she went back as well. I don't like, see her getting back into the Arsenal team because yeah. I think Arsenal are going kind of from strength to strength in terms of the players that they can attract. Um, yeah. I think they'll be getting more and more players from Europe, the likes of Blackstenius obviously joining recently. Um, so it could be it could be a good move for her permanently if she's going to get game time there, obviously. Jess Zoo will be <laughs> fighting for that right hand side place as well. But um, I just think she's been lively for them and she set up that goal as well. So very direct player and she definitely still has a place in the WSL for sure. Oh yeah, completely. And I know it was unfortunate for her with the injury she went through at that time in Arsenal because it was that transitionary time and there wasn't a lot of opportunity for her yeah. to get back into it. But no, I do think that a move somewhere outside of Arsenal would definitely be a smart yeah. one for her. Um, and as you say, with players like Hasegawa, again, I was just really happy to see her actually get a bit of the limelight. Yeah, get I'm on really, the score really... sheet because some of her play yeah. has deserved it in previous games, but West Ham maybe haven't shown as much as other teams. Yeah, and you're also less likely probably to watch some of the games for the tactical elements un- oh, until yeah. you see a goal you're like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> absolutely her, like go around two defenders and swap feet and do loads yeah. of fancy tricks to get her goal and um, um, for me as well the second half of this season has belonged to Guru right and I thought she, I think she's just been incredible for the this kind of clutch period for um Chelsea she's just so so good um now I think 
the goal was a cross, but look, we'll allow it. I was anyway. going to ask you this. I was like, that's a cross. cross. No, I don't. No one's <laughs> shooting from there. That is a, that's an absolute cross. I'm not having that at all. Not at all. Um, I would say also Blackstad's goal. That's a cross for me as well for, for City. But um, Gura Wrighton's play in general gets her on that team. Um, I love watching her. And um, same with Weir. She's just popping up for City when they need her the most. So um, she's well worth her spot there too. So good job all around, I'd say, Kathleen. Thank you very uh, much, Karen. I think that's uh, the nicest thing. Well, I won't everything. compliment it too much because Emma might never come back to us. And, you, <laughs> and I want to, no, want no, to keep no. slagging her. It's fun. I don't think I could take the stress of doing this every <laughs> week. So I'm going to leave it to Emma. And right. I was going to say I might be nicer to her the next time we do this, but it's probably nah, not going to be. No fun in that. <laughs> Um, well, we will be returning to regularly scheduled program next week with Emma's team of the week returning in all its glory. And I will not have to sit with seven screens in front of me. But in and the I'll meantime, still be chilling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, can you do it so well? Thanks. You you have to do all the important stuff of the weekend scoring goals. We we don't have that. Come on, Asta. Uh, Get your thoughts, opinions into us on what you think of my selection. You can tweet us at off the ball and use the hashtag OTB Koi Gig, but please be nice to me. <laughs> Joining us on the podcast this week is someone who will soon be leaving the green shores of Ireland for West Ham and the WSL. But for now, we still get to enjoy her in the Women's National League. It is Ireland and Shelburne's Jessica Zoo. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you on. How are how is everything your end? I think it's been an exciting couple of months. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a hectic uh, few months. <laughs> um, I'm so excited that I can finally go over um, to seas now and play pro with West Ham. Um, I think it's a club that I've been looking at for a while now. It's kind of been the club that I want to go to to make my start. And I went over and trained with them and then they finally offered me something. So uh, I'm really happy with that, but still have a few games to go with Shells. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I was reading some articles with you like just before the interview, doing my homework and all my good research as I do before every interview. (laughs) But you were saying, I think it was around the time maybe of the Finneter Cup, maybe a bit beforehand, that you weren't like looking to move abroad necessarily, that you were happy enough in Ireland. And then not so long afterwards, the West Ham move came. So did you know that it was coming at that stage or were you all just leading us slightly astray? Of course you did. (laughs) I I didn't know. Um, I knew in the Pinter Cup, I told a few of the girls in camp because they were asking. So a few of them knew, my close friends and family, but I told the reporters so that there was (laughs) a lot going on. But yeah, it was was all done and all by then, sure. They agreed. When did the process kind of start? When did you first go over on trial and, and what was that like? How long did you stay for? Um, so I went after Christmas. I went to Brighton also. I went straight away. I had no training because I was off season. I was only back from Disneyland. It was straight after Christmas. Went to Brighton. I didn't enjoy it. I just wasn't myself. My legs were in bits after two days of training <laughs> with them. And then I was time, like three days later with Saoirse Noonan. And... As soon as I just arrived into the ground, it was just amazing. I just, it just felt like home, you know, you know, when you just arrive somewhere and all the girls are so welcoming, the staff. That was in January, I'm pretty sure. And then a few weeks later, one or two weeks later, my agent got back to me saying that they wanted to offer me something. And I was like, I'll take it straight away. I didn't even have to think twice. And what was it about coming into West Ham that made it feel like home? Like, I appreciate the fact that sometimes you just land in a place. You can't even really put your finger on it. You just know you like it. But was there anything in particular that stuck out to you about the club? 
think it was the girls. They were so, so nice. They kind of reminded me of the Shells girls. Jill, the captain, reminded me of Pirlo. Every single bit of her just reminded me of her. And then the training ground too, it just just felt like home. It just felt right. I just I felt like it was the time too to kind of get everything. I was going to wait. I was thinking, I was like, oh, do I wait and do Champions League with Shells? Because I've, I've been dreaming of Champions League since I joined Shells since I'm younger. And I was like, nah, it's the time. I've been patient, I think, personally, waiting for this move. So, yeah, like I said, when they offered me, I was like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, because you have said in interviews that you are a homebird, so it was going to take something like that to to lure you away from Shells. Um, it will obviously be a big loss for them, but um, bigger challenges ahead. Right, do you keep an eye out now? Do you watch all the West Ham games and kind of say, oh, this is how I'll fit into the team? Or um, who am I challenging with for that position on the right wing or up front? Um, luckily they actually play five at the back which kind of oh, fits in with the weird system so I know Kate is the right wing back at the minute and uh, she's she's very solid but hopefully I can go over and give her a challenge give her a run for her money yesterday the game was on and I was kind of I was watching the F1 too I'm a bit of a Formula 1 <laughs> I was like in between the game and the F1 um, race so yeah we have been watching uh, all the games my mum is like Jess that's Jess's new team telling everyone I'm just like Calm down. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've been watching all their games and they're a solid group of girls, I think. Good team. And how do you, I suppose, mentally, it's a little bit of a different situation to like a lot of players would find themselves in, in the sense that you do have the season that you're in at the moment and then you know you're going there to like to the WSL it's going to be a bit of a change like you're up against world-class players in a way that you probably can't get in the league at the moment what do you mean <laughs> you can <laughs> <I'm only> <laughs> I hear Sam Kerr is coming over I'm really yeah, excited yeah. for that <laughs> you know I am all for I was like trying to choose my words very carefully there because I have massive respect Sorry, for the women's it. national league and all the players in it <laughs> Especially Karen, who is, of course, the goal scorer of the pod after the weekend. But is there any, like, do you feel like you need to start upping your fitness levels now that you said you went to Brighton, you felt like you had the legs completely run off you? Do you feel like you need to start that prep now? Or are you still just very focused on shells and what you're doing with the team? So I'm actually lucky that I got to go to West Ham. I got to meet all the staff. I met the PT trainer and he's after giving me a program to do right now while I'm with Shell so I've been doing all that it's kind of helped me with my power and my speed and my strength so hopefully when I do go over there I'm at the same level as the girls Um, I am thinking about taking taking a few days off before I go over though because that'll be me going straight from a season into a pre-season into another season I don't know if that'll be healthy for my body but uh, we have the Georgia camp too in June so we're trying to like plan plan something after that uh, come for a little holiday but luckily too though there's loads of Irish girls over in England at the minute uh, I was talking to Jay Jamie Finn in camp and she was saying if I need any help don't hesitate to message her Emily Whelan I can meet up with her so I could I can meet up with a few of them and also like we're only what 40 minutes across the water on the plane so I'm sure my family will visit me quite a lot hopefully <laughs> You'll be getting them over to to cook your dinners I said oh. have you started learning a, a few recipes no, not at all. No, <laughs> we get fed there. Um, we get lunch there, so I'm gonna have to just bring, bring the lunchbox in. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so we will be getting scenes like that uh, from the Katie Taylor documentary where like it shows her trying to cook for herself and she's just like no can't do this I'm a world-class boxer but cooking a meal not my forte <laughs> Glasgow you know Karen you know the game that finished for Trian Tolka yeah I went I over it well <laughs> I went over and I I lived off you know the spaghetti pillows oh yeah <laughs> I'm just playing pasta in the box I can do that and noodles and that's, I had fajitas one of the days, Indeed Farley and Claire Walsh invited me over. And other than that, I that was the only bit of meat I had all week. I'm really bad for... Uh, look, carb loading. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Pass the pillows. The amount of running you do, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about the amount of running you do, because I think before you've described yourself as like quite a relentless player, that you like attacking, you like running forward, you like being creative and finding those spaces. Is that something that you've looked to develop particularly in your game over the years? Like, is that the sort of player that you've always aspired to be? Um, yeah, definitely. And I think too, now with the national team playing wingbacks, I think being a wingback, you do have to be able to run um, only the weekend because I wear my own GPS in training and games so I can keep track of all that. And the weekend there I ran 11.2, which is probably one of my highest that I've done in a while. Um, so yeah, that's something that I do like to keep track of my distance and yeah, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm always like, we put them in the shells group tracks, we wear them with shells too. And I'm always like looking to be the top because I think everyone aims to be the top. It's kind of good to see your name there at the top of the uh, list. Because I think it kind of shows in a way that you are fit if you can run that, run that much during a game. And then it shows you, the GPS is like do breaks, breakdowns of like how hard you're running and how powerful it is and stuff. So it's not just, you know, walking around. I'm not doing 11k walking around the pitch for 20 yeah. minutes. I am actually... I am running, I am, but um, yeah, I think all that is interesting. Hopefully I can get to 12k during one of the games. <laughs> that would be something now that I'll aim for next. You do sound like the sort of player that when you see 11.2, you're like, oh, but it's not 12. Could I do that? <laughs> we'll have to get you back on the show if you do manage that and we'll give I'd you like maybe, a little trophy. Maybe save that one for June because I know we're playing you in a couple of weeks and I don't fancy running after you for 12k. I don't like to hit the 12k mark because I, I know I can't. <laughs> You know, me a dot off the LR. Yeah. Sent her saying, oh my God, I can't believe we're adding 11.2. She sent me hers and hers just the same. I was like, oh, all right, no. <laughs> never mind. The competitive <laughs> edge is, is always there to be seen. But yeah, now the GPS is still sometimes are a bit fun in the group chat when they get put in and everyone's like looking at their stats and they're like, oh, what's this? So uh, yeah, it's something that I do look into though, the stats. I was going to say, is that something that you find quite helpful? I presume like being able to see everything and a complete breakdown of it are you the sort of person that'll sit down with it all and like keep track of it week by week and I, well you've said you seek to improve them so obviously like that's something you do like but in terms of improving things for yourself or stats something as well as like say video or anything else for games that is important um yeah and also on the gps app you can um put yourself up against pros too and kind of compare your game to their game which is class and on when it comes to the video in and stuff on huddle I live on huddle that's all I'm such a <laughs> after our games I'll watch the game two or three times that night then I'll watch it again that day the day after I'll watch it like five or six in total on League of Ireland and then I'll start screen recording the only bits you know I have the ball and stuff so I have so I just don't keep going back to watch it and watch it so yeah when it comes to like video and stuff I'm a bit of a, a, bit of a weirdo I am I watch it so many times <laughs> I do and I just keep going back I do <laughs> 
But I think that's probably a feature of of you and the improvement that you're going and to get to that elite level. Because we have seen girls go over who've maybe struggled, um, but you seem to have the mentality that you're gonna you're gonna make it happen. You're already eyeing up a spot there. Is there anyone kind of on the Irish team that you're looking at now and you you take mostly from their game? Because you can obviously play on the wing. Wing back is a new thing and you obviously really excelled there. Um and I do think that that's probably a position that once you get a bit more experience you could really thrive in. Um yeah, I think the most obvious name I'm gonna say is Katie. Um of course. Yeah, I mean, she can play left wing back. She kind of, I wouldn't say, I, <laughs> you know, the way she started wing with Shells, Rahini, you could say that's like me. And now at the minute, I'm playing right wing back with the Iron team. And so is she. She's playing left back with Arsenal. So in a way, she kind of remind. I, I probably remind her. Yeah, probably the way following way. in her footsteps. Yeah, yeah she's older yeah. than me. But um, also, she didn't have it easy to her Arsenal. She had to go out on loan and stuff to actually get game time. So I think I am kind of trying to look at her footsteps and everything she's doing because I'm kind of in the same situation as Katie, just a younger version. So uh, yeah, I'll probably be looking up to Katie a lot. Not surprised. I was just... to have to look up to, to be fair. <laughs> I'm not a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely do a lot worse, I would think, and especially with the amount that Katie features on the show with us yeah. just talking about her in general. Um, you mentioned about your family coming over to watch you play your games. I read before that you're quite close to them and Karen mentioned there about you being a bit of a homebird. So we'll be seeing the whole clan at WSL matches next year. There isn't, there's nine of us and then I'm the youngest at nine. So it's not easy leaving them all. Um, I'm so used to being in a house that's noisy all the time. Everyone's here. So yeah, it is, it's going to be different. Um, Hopefully, though, I'm going to be in a player's house. So hopefully the girls are uh, welcoming. I'd say they will be, though, because they're all so nice. And also, it's the dogs, too. I've grown up with dogs and they're kind of they're kind of my life there. <laughs> I'll probably be missing the dogs more than my parents, to be honest. <laughs> Taking I'm, on a part-time job, dog walking. Yeah, that's... <laughs> when the girls off Glasgow, does that? I might have to actually... Uh, yeah, I'm doing that, but... Yeah, hopefully, you know, my mom said she's going to come over for the first two weeks when I do go over and my little cousin and niece also are going to come over. And um, all my brothers said they're going to come over the weekends during the games because sure, it's cheap too. It is. It's not, it's not like it's an expensive fight or anything. So, uh, All converted West Ham fans. What kind of a household are you? Who do you support at the moment before you're converted? So my brothers are United. Dad is Chelsea. I'm City, right? But right. people will be like, oh, you're one of them washed up fans that are coming in late. Right? My first ever jersey when I was five is a Man City jersey. I'm, I'm a City supporter. <laughs> I've had every jersey. I have a Liverpool jersey, a Chelsea jersey, and I had a, my mom just bought me any jersey when I was younger. And then kind of, I kind of just followed my brother's footsteps growing up, you know, just I'll support yeah. United because that's that, it's always on in the, tel- uh, the house. They're, they all have United jerseys. And then when I actually went over to City to train with them when I was like 13, 14, I kind of seen their facilities and I was like, yeah, that is the club I want to support. <laughs> Good banter in your house. So a lot of uh, slagging, I'd say, at the moment. It's, it's, it's so funny it's, when a decision comes up, like when VAR and all has to come into it, <laughs> all to be sitting on the couch, hating each other over. So yeah, it's funny, it is. <laughs> It's definitely funny for you at the moment because you probably are the happiest out of the lot of them at the moment with how things are going. <laughs> oh my dad, I was, I was actually in camp, uh, the Champions League, you know, the Chelsea Madrid game. And my mom was just texting me saying he's gone mad. And I was just like, get in. <laughs> 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 <It was. laughs> 
it's nice to have that support as well though and like you say there because there's so many of the Irish girls over there like we've talked to so many of them on the show and they all say that once you're over there everyone kind of looks out for you and everyone's always you know saying if you if certain like younger players in particular come over and need things they're there because they know as well that even when it comes to the national team, your performance is so important for our national hopes in terms of like whether it's qualifying for a World Cup or a Euros down the line or whatever it is. You've been described a few times by like different like outlets, journalists, like fellow players as something of like a rising star, a younger player that people are looking to as like the next generation, as Karen said. And also you've had access to a lot of things that maybe some of the older players haven't to like get your development to a better spot than they possibly did and have had to do a lot later on. What has it been like for you coming into the Ireland squad and what has the experience been like? Is that the sort of thing that you were dreaming of when you were four or five and starting playing football? Were you looking at the squad and being like, oh, someday that'll be me? Um, when I was four and five, yeah, I always wanted to be a pro, but I only kind of started recognising the national team probably like 12, 13, 14, you know, they weren't... And so you joined it like a year or two later and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't as big when I was that age, but now to see how big everyone is on the team, it's it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, Katie is literally role models for the whole of Ireland. Like, it's it's unbelievable to see. And even there's girls that do be texting me and I'm like, oh God, like, it's, I'm not used to it. I'm not, it's mad how we can just be role models for so many people in Ireland. But yeah, I've always wanted to be pro though. That's all I do is play football. I mean, I've sacrificed weekends out with my friends and everything just to get here. And um, I don't want to say I'm finally there. I'm not there yet. Um, when I get over to West Ham, I need to, like I said, I want to start. I want to get game time because to get game time, I need that to be in the national team. I think you've seen that with a few players that aren't getting game time in England at the minute and they're not making it into the national team. So that'll, that'll be my priority when I go over there is to get game time. And if I can't, possible loan I guess which I don't want to I want to get down get get tired work and get a spot straight away but coming into the national team my first ever camp was under Colin and he actually told me at a home base that he'd be calling me in so I kind of knew my parents were in with me and he told me when I turned 16 and I had Izzy Izzy Atkinson in my first ever camp and she was my roomie so I think I've been lucky on that side that we had a very young team that I was coming into Tyler too another young player yeah um, Colin blooded a lot of uh, young talents and some have fallen off the wayside but you've kind of gone from strength to strength so hopefully that trajectory keeps going did you consult Fira or anything before you made that decision or did you was this something you just knew for yourself that this is what you wanted to do um was she kind of recommended WSL or, or elsewhere it's more like some of the girls in camp, kind of Katie and stuff. She wants yeah. us all playing abroad. She wants us all in a professional um, setup. And then I did let Vera know what my plans were. She was just saying like, you know, game time, game time. I was like, yeah, no, well aware of that. And um, like I said, dear, hopefully I can get over and get some game time, um, go into preseason and have a good preseason. But yeah, Vera did know of it. Mm-hmm. So I think even before I told Vera, like I said, I just knew it was my team. It's the team that I wanted to go to. And as a younger player who is like, you've been with Shells for a while, you're making this move now to the WSL. It's obviously, it's a great step for you and your career, but we're seeing like a lot of really talented players move on. And it's that dual thing of like, it's great and we're really happy and it's really exciting and it's lovely to see Irish players going abroad, but also 
you want them to be able to have the opportunity to like stay here and compete. And you've stayed in the league probably for a bit longer than some people might've even expected. And you said, you know, something that you wanted to make the move when you were ready. How does it feel a leaving shells behind when you do have that connection with it? And also what, what do you think about the thing of young players leaving and that talent draining from the league itself? Cause I know most of the Irish players would say the league has given them so many opportunities in the first place. Yeah, I've seen something on Facebook about that, about all the players leaving Ireland, all the talent, they say. Um, but I think I was saying to the girls, I was saying to Izzy and Abby in the recent camp, like it's kind of sad that we can't play professional football in our own country and go home to our own houses after training like some of the English girls can do. Um, it's kind of sad about that. But um, hopefully in a few years, Ireland, I think we're making the right steps in the right direction just a bit slowly, but um, hopefully in a few years I can come back and uh, play for Shells. But um, in terms of England, though, they're just, at the minute, they're just the best league in the world and that's where I want to be. I want to be want to be on that platform with the best I do. The games are shown on TV. That's where I want to be at the minute. Leaving Shells, I haven't really thought about it a lot. Um, kind of sad. I know when it comes and that moment comes, I'll be much worse than I am now, but it's a few months to go still. Um, good that I'm missing Champions League, but Everything happens for a reason. I live by that motto I do. So it's the right time too. So you'll see when that time comes, I'll probably be crying leaving everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know as well when the opportunity might come around for Champions League. I mean, if you're looking at Katie as your hero, then you could be getting quite far into the competition sometime down the line. And if you do, you have to remember us and like keep giving us these interviews oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we need uh, thank you so much for talking to us this week and best of luck with everything we will of course be watching on you know you'll be starting to get into some of emma's team of the week since you're an irish player in the wsl it's definitely just what she does every week and <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it for this week's episode of the coin gig pod on otb sports in association with cabri fc official snack partner to the republic of ireland women's national team as ever we'll be back with you again next week with all your wsl and wnl analysis gossip and goodness as well as everything in between. So make sure you're subscribed to the Koi Gig Pod and all your usual places, and we will chat to you then. The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.